Hi, it's Jen, your host with Bad Mom Laundry. Popping in to say thank you for all of the love from last week's episode. I am so happy to find out that that resonated with you. Um, If you haven't listened to It's Time to Claim Your Crown, head back to last week. Going forward this week, I'm sorry to say it's not quite a positive track. (laughs) Um... But it's, but it's a road nonetheless. So let's just dive in, shall we? I just want to start this out by telling you a sweet little anecdote of how things are going in my corner of the world. Now that my children have gotten over a cold that they welcomed into our home with both arms each, dirty hands in their mouths, fingers up their nose, and then passed around to our family for, I don't know, three, maybe four weeks until we had all had our own intimate experience with the Kleenex brand. For me, what felt like many dying days of a raging sinus infection, which barely seemed to inhibit my children's activities, but no doubt left me begging for some sort of parenting relief, and definitely aided in reflecting on what shit parenting is while you're sick. Over said month of rotating sick children. (sighs) We also got our second shots during this time and really put a test to all of our immune systems. That's literally the only positive of having a cold in a household of six people. So once we were all well and my husband and I vaxxed, we let grandma watch the kiddos because if she had not, I would literally have just walked outside down the street and probably never come back. It's a joke, Brenda. I would have come back or the children wouldn't have clean clothes for school. Anywho, my husband and I got to go on a date. We left the kiddos with grandma. And I don't know about you, but I treat every date as the last possible date we'll ever have. During these crazy times, I think if you don't treat it that way, you're more delusional than I am. So we decided to stick with what was familiar to maximize our chances for a good date night and a good meal. You know what I mean? Sometimes you try a new place and it's just awful and you feel like that was such a waste of time. When you have kids, every single date counts. Okay, so we went to our favorite little sushi place. Super excited to be out at the house. Super excited to be without children. You know what kind of miracle that is, especially during a pre-Madonna-demic. So we nestled into our little booth at our favorite sushi place, giddy, hangry. Look, I'm not great at regulating my adult duties like feeding myself. So ready to eat. Now let me tell you, we love sushi. And we typically order a huge spread because, well, we love it and we're adults and we can do that. And we start ordering maybe six rolls 
And the waitress just cuts us off and says, that's enough. I couldn't even believe that that was just said. To say that the spirit just left my body in a gasp is not an exaggeration. I think I've been inside so long, I didn't even remember that people could just behave this way. I, I just can't. I, you guys, I cannot. That's probably enough. What the fuck? I also had the privilege to be a guest speaker at a very special event. A rather private, exclusive event. I didn't really want to say anything ahead of time because I knew spots for this was it were extremely limited and I wanted to make sure that I had some serenity surrounding me leading up to it. I knew I really really needed to be in a good headspace for this because it was such an important event to me. But now that it's passed and I obviously nailed it, I can talk about it. So I was asked to speak in front of, well, wait, wait, I think you need a little backstory. Let me set the stage for you. Starting the week leading up to the event, I did nearly everything I could to get out of it. Should I fake an illness? Should I just call and apologize, say that I had a prior engagement? Should I break a bone? Well, then I'd have to wear a cast, that's the whole thing, it's hot here, I knew my nerves were just getting to me, so I just tried to ignore that it was happening altogether. Pretty sure that's a trauma response. But when it came down to it, I knew I just needed to woman up and get it done. Do you feel me? Hours before, I started pitting out my shirt. My stomach hurt. I changed my clothes, reassessed my approach, went over and over my speech, I drank water, although I did think about having some wine, probably should have done that. I peed, I practiced, I peed some more, and then I headed to the venue. Super private, a little out of the way, a bit pretentious for me, but whatever. Call me a chameleon. (laughs) While inside, I was greeted and walked to my place, and there sat 11 or 12 four or five-year-olds. By speech, I mean I read two books that were pre-selected and vetted by my son Luca and his two pre-K teachers. And if it goes to show you any reason I had to be nervous, I walked in and Luca greeted me and then introduced me to his class like this. This is my mom. You can call her mom. She's a witch. My son's second teacher looked up and said, a witch? And then he proceeded to explain to the class how I am a witch and I have a broom and I keep it hidden and how I am a real witch, his mom, a witch. He kept repeating it, you guys. (laughs) My son attends a private religious pre-K. We are absolutely not religious, but apparently now we're Wiccan. (laughs) Thanks to my son, His friends will now never see me as anything other than terrifying. And thanks to me, 
just to try and keep Halloween alive year-round and have some fun. I have admittedly taken two solid years trying to convince my two youngest sons that I am in fact a witch. (laughs) And now I have screwed up the minds of my children and probably ruined any chances I have of ever being asked back to the school again. Mission accomplished, I guess. You know, guys, I did this. I did this to myself. And now I'm never leaving my house again. The end. This beautiful reminder of the shit that we are as humans, which also helped spark this week's episode. I want to talk a little bit about what's on my fucking nerves. She is vaxxed. She is hangry. She is bleeding, and she should probably not be in public because (laughs) I don't remember how to act, and I see I'm not the only one. Here's looking at you, sushi waitress. sure one thing better aligned with me more deeply down in the darkest little crevices of my id than having real raw absolute passion for either loving something so much that I want to ingest it or emerge myself in it I want to bathe in it I want to purchase every single one that they have every color that they have I just want to completely consume it into my body until it becomes part of my own blood and DNA or feel the complete and total abhorrence of it it's a love or hate with me (laughs) I can't say that I live much in the gray area on most things and when people do It drives me bananas. How can you not have an opinion? I don't get it. How is that a thing? I'm a very dragon queen style lean into me or I will raise and train baby dragons to one day burn everything to ashes sort of person. Live, laugh, love. (laughs) It's either love or a severed head or carbs and cake. Lucky for you all this week, I'm premenstrual. My body is raging. My uterus has not been impregnated, and she is fucking livid. So, you're about to get this all with a little extra sauce. (laughs) No, I'm not looking to be impregnated ever, ever again. But my body, although missing some of the required pieces... Does 100% not agree with this? I feel like (laughs) the universe is really just out there providing me all the things I need for this episode. Sort of pushing my wheelchair down that yellow brick road to allow me to be my true self. Pushing me wherever Dorothy went. Well, (laughs) except she ended up a murderer and I'm just here to find a few heartless people like me. I have a responsibility to pass my thoughts on, and if you don't agree, well, maybe you're just the brainless scarecrow of this story. With that being said, (laughs) let me tell you a story called, I Don't Fucking Like It. Starting with, the next time 
your pet sends me a friend request, I'm going to grab my keys, put them in my purse, walk calmly to my car, drive over to your house, and punch you in the face. I just don't need it. I think your little parrot is adorable. But if I have to watch you tongue it one more time, I'm calling the authorities. It's like a parent setting up a social media for a baby, which I guess I can kind of understand, even though that's a push. I know one day that child will grow up, and I know the parents are trying to catalog their life for them and update family, etc., etc. But your pet will never see its social media page. So... Unless it has some severe talent, look, or lifestyle, unless that little flea-infested beast keeps the roof over your head in the upwards of a million, no, just no. Let them lick their assholes in peace and live their best life as a fucking pet. Now, I'm down for a good rescue story. I'm not completely heartless. But I don't think I need to see that your dog has more social interaction than I do. When my therapist asks me why I'm crying and your dog is having a better life than me being the reason, that's where I draw the line. Also, when I'm reincarnated, I hope to come back as a lesbian couple's cat because holy fuck, I deserve that shit. Meanwhile, let's just take everything and make it all about me. (laughs) Deep breaths, Jen. Deep breaths. I should probably apologize for any animosity you feel in this episode. I don't feel it while I'm speaking, but I know that sometimes my RBF can translate into an RBV, arresting bitch vagina. And well, I'm completely happy while I'm discussing these things that I can't fucking stand right now. It's just that it might not sound like more than a Crime Stoppers audio. <laughs> Let's dig in. I really got thinking about this because there are a lot of things I fucking hate. These things cross my mind more than drinking water. I have big, big opinions about a lot of things. And while I've always had rather large opinions, I remember being a child who kept my feelings and opinions in quite a lot. I observed a lot. Because I remember thinking that my thoughts felt brash and they didn't seem to align with, align with what I heard everyone else's mouth saying. And I was always the smallest child with the biggest eyes. So I figure it best to just keep my mouth shut and watch. It's okay. I've had therapy. Don't be worried about me. Did that stop me from trying to sing people to Jesus from the side of the road when I was younger? No. (laughs) But I was a poor kid in the country with one friend. And back then, I thought religion was what everyone needed. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) So I did what my Sunday school teacher told me to do. And I went to the side of the street and sang in a tone-deaf, four-year-old type of way. that people needed Jesus. That eventually got me almost picked up by a stranger, which was my mother's friend that I didn't know of, and sent me screaming and running back down the street to my home. Little did I know that only got me farther from my truth. Hmm. Reflection, 
somehow it seems like the beginning of my yellow brick road and the current place are quite aligned. (laughs) As an adult, I have realized I can actually open my mouth, speak clearly, without saying, does that make sense? And not give a fuck how it's received. And when the sometimes brash truths of my life come out, people actually don't always run for the hills as I had imagined. Sure, most of them do, but I'm all about weeding out the minutia anyway. And the other ones who've stuck, well, they've been with me for years, decades. They're the real OGs, and I protect them with my life. So... I've had to learn the difference along the way between feelings and opinions, and I realize I don't have small feelings most of the time, unless we're discussing said minutia. My fucking opinions, on the other hand, are like a road roller smashing and leveling everything in sight. I should thank Blippi for that realization, because without Blippi, I would not be so well-versed in said road-making machinery. Oh man, I don't even know how I came with such strong opinions, but I go through severe pragmatism and God damn it, my opinion is worth the blast. I'll have you know, <laughs> while doing my in-depth research for this week's podcast, I typed in feelings versus opinions into Google. Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Hotline was the first search result. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? How perfectly rude. And that completed my, my research. But if you're thinking about feelings and opinions, perhaps you need some mental help. If you need help differentiating between the two, maybe they can help you. Reach out. Substance abuse and mental health services hotline. (laughs) I'm sure they're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I hate And in the style of the Grinch, I loathe that society doesn't want us as women to be both strong and feminine, but quietly expects us to be both. It's a complete fucking double standard. And it's left women confused as fuck. And quite frankly, I think a lot of us are just pissed. And while we're on that subject... Fuck the patriarchy. You want me to be quiet and delicate and giving, but you want me to handle everything without a flinch or a whine or a feeling. What we women have had to go through just during this pandemic has been crazy. I don't know the actual statistics, but I'm sure it's something like 99.2% of women have taken on the role of teaching their children who've been home, along with a heavier workload, perhaps a loss of a job, so much stress. Not to say that some men haven't stepped up, but I think I'm living some real-life PTSD from this last year. I mean, aren't you? (laughs) And don't even get me started on the women who say, your husband is the head of the household and you should worship the ground that he walks on. Don't you make him lunches? Don't. Just do not come at me with that bullshit. She is beauty. She is grace. She will punch you in the vagina. Mama is done with that shit. I will be everything that I am until it consumes you. I don't want your $5. I want your soul.
making lunches. When did making kids lunches become a sick sporting event or a fucking worldwide contest with little to no rules and absolutely no prizes? I have to lunch prep for my kids' school lunches. I have to search Pinterest for theme ideas and color coordinating, for shape sourcing, for joke writing, and fucking tie it all up with some gold leaf just to make sure my kids are on par with their fucking lunches. Seriously, when I was a kid, we got two options. Make your own goddamn lunch or don't eat. (laughs) In our recycled and environmentally sourced brown paper bag was a bologna sandwich, P.S. I hate bologna, and a bag of chips. That's it, peeps. That's all she wrote. We had a bucket of quarters that I know basically broke my mom's bank to provide us one money-purchased lunch at the school cafeteria per week. I totally respect how hard my mom worked back in the day, and that's no reflection of her love, but seriously, she was not winning any awards in the lunch area. Did she know there was a contest and just refuse to oblige? I guess we'll never know. Now, the kids these days, they hand select their bento boxes for the day, and I swear to God, if it's not thermos warmed and yogurt chilled to the perfect temperature to ensure the perfect flavor profile for their tiny little palate for the afternoon, I'm going to hear about it. Oh, and on top of that, I have one of the pickiest eaters in the world. So, no meat, request an egg only one time per week, please, mom, because eggs do give off a certain sulfur smell that other kids might think or tease, you know, tease him about, which I get. But no meat, limited egg, no nuts, no peanut butter. He doesn't like sandwiches. What the fuck am I supposed to feed this kid? I have another kid that will demolish anything, but he's too busy at lunch talking to his friends to even care about his meal think maybe I could just slide in a break with that lunch prep. No, because he will march straight home asking me why little Sierra had a drawing in her lunch box. Wah. You know what, Sierra? Keep that shit to yourself. My kid doesn't need to know how high the bar is set, okay? Also, if Sierra's parents are listening, if we could all just lower the bar, could we all get a break, you feel me? Lunches shouldn't take a parent an hour a day and give me anxiety. That's all I'm trying to say, okay? Why are we watching kids play and open toys on YouTube? It's so sad, you guys. What the fuck? I do not want to see one more Aaron or Ryan or Myra opening their little surprise eggs on fucking TV. My kids continually beg me for this. What in the hell is the appeal of watching back-to-back episodes of another kid that you don't know opening and playing with gifts? Before you even bring it up, watching cooking shows or something actually teaches you or gives you insight is not the same thing. No, thank you. I will keep my HGTV too. But I'm done with the other stuff. I'm done with it. It's bullshit. Bloggers, are you out there? Listen. If there's a recipe you want to post, just fucking post it. I saw your pics. I'm already there with you. I've, I'm already intrigued. I'm hooked. 
I am salivating. I've gone through three steps from your Instagram to get to your blog page to get to the recipe. I want more. But what I don't fucking want is a 15,000 word count life story about how grandma always made this and the smell of honeysuckle encircled granny's kitchen and when the drapes billowed and the gentle breeze blew through the window in her kitchen it reminded you of all of the times when you were small and visited her and her old dog Rufus in the summers on the farm. Fuck. Just fucking give me the recipe, Sheila. I just want to know what temperature to cook the goddamn chicken at. You know what? I'll fudge the rest. I love you. Love your recipes. Don't care about your grandma. My uterus. Look, I warned you all. The stars have aligned, and I am premenstrual right now. And thus, the timing for this episode worked out perfectly. Like, the magic is that my uterus... Like, the magic that my very uterus is. But at some point after having kids... I feel like my uterus turned to the dark side of magic a little. A little bit of the bad magic in there. Now, if I'm being honest, it's a little scary. My uterine experience has been a very interesting one to begin with. She's always been predictably bitchy. But when I decided not to have any more children, she began attempting to fucking kill me on a monthly basis. My husband, too. Her reach does not seem to have boundaries. If you misstep in her presence, she will fucking drown you in the blood of her dead lining before you realize what has even happened. I've done all the things I'm supposed to do to help calm her down. Wine, water, exercise, pills, eating right, eating wrong. I've tried voodoo. I've tried straight up fucking wishing on a star, but that bitch just keeps on getting angrier. She's happy when she's busy and producing. She's quiet. She's contented. But I've put an out-of-commission sign on her, and she is out for straight vengeance. It's terrifying, equally for me and anything living around me. Which makes me wonder, why can't we just check out a uterus like a library book? Barcode, card swipe, and walk out with the one thing we need. Return it. Maybe pay a small late fee to the little old ladies of the neighborhood when we don't get it back on time. Because this bitch is a bully. She thinks she's a queen. And who am I to disagree? Because she definitely has pawns that drug me and ruin my life each time it happens. And each month, she reminds me of my children, carrying them inside my body, And what a crazy miracle of an experience that was. Cue the awe. It's a lie. She's literally drugging me into sweet memory. I'm not falling for it again. No. Now I'm done. And I don't want her anymore. And here I am stuck. I'm stuck with this crazy bitch. (laughs) And she's cranky. And she's intrusive. And she's pushy. And she's fucking inconsiderate. And she does not bring out the best in me. She is the reason for my lack of humility. I swear it. (laughs) And instead of an ablation, can you give me a plan C to remove that cunt altogether? Thank you. In other words, I have a uterus for sale. Black market, red market, eBay, fucking Facebook marketplace. I don't give a fuck. Tell me how to ship it and it's yours. Ugh. 
something really close to home at the moment. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. P-string. Seriously? Can they please invent something where we don't have to have our tampon in and think about the fact that we have to pee again because our bladders are the size of a pea or our child made us laugh and oops, we all know how that works. Pea string. I fucking hate it. As a matter of fact, have you guys tried out period cups yet? Should we chat about that? Are we friends enough at this point? So I took a quiz online, which was phenomenal, and it offered me like three or four options for my monthly massacre. So I ordered the salt period cup, S-A-A-L-T, and can I just tell you what a relief it is on my heavy days? This is not an ad, ladies. This is, this is real talk. You know I'm not going to bring you anything that I don't 100% agree with. Okay, so my pick was salt and no more constant tampon changes. And although I'm not quite brave enough to deal with the massacre out at a public restroom yet because it is a little awkward to get in, (laughs) it is a great great alternative for dealing with P-string. That's all I have to say about all of that. I fucking hate P-string. I know you do too. Women, we have engineers out there. Come up with something. Like if there's a tampon sort of thing that is a little bit easier than a period cup, I don't know. Come up with something, ladies, because I fucking hate it. Mosquitoes. If that word alone doesn't send you spiraling down into the fetal position, how are we even friends? Mosquitoes are everywhere, and they are stopping me from enjoying my best life. You can go out for a summer evening looking fine. But honey, the second that fear hits your face when you see that you're going to be dodging those little fuckers all night, you're not cute anymore. Fuck the heels. I will forsake all dignity to kill a fucking mosquito. They're the devil's work. And if you don't have mosquitoes in your area, you probably have bears. So I'm not sure what's worse. But I need to find a way to get away from these little shits. They ruin the summertime. They ruin the winter where I am. They ruin everything. And for some reason, they love me. They're like that ex that just won't get it. That you don't want some fucked up symbiotic relationship that inevitably ends with a rash that keeps you up at night and avoidance of certain areas of town. And they just won't fucking go away. I hate them. I hate them so much that I would gift them to my uterus to feed on just so they would leave my skin alone. Here, bitches, you want blood? Lucky for you. Mama is bleeding. And on that note, (laughs) perhaps we should just end this with the infamous words of that bitch waitress who similarly wouldn't let me live my best life. That's probably enough. Talk soon.
you've reached the end of this Bad Mom Laundry podcast episode. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, drop us five stars, comment, like, and share. You can connect with me on social media at Bad Mom Laundry and shop merch at badmomlaundry.etsy.com.